GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. We are celebrating our 100th episode today. And the crew is all here. We got Sphinx. That's the part you're one ugly off. motherfucker. <laughs> we got hovercraft Joe. What up, LPJ? We got well, well me, LPJ. But uh, but yes, we got the Predator. So for our hundredth <laughs> episode, we we always want to bring you something fancy for our milestone episodes. We did Die Hard, we did Terminator, we did Terminator Two. Now we're doing Predator. And it's funny because I I feel like you earmarked this for the hundredth episode, like at the fiftieth episode. I think you we like, did. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, we're gonna do Predator for the hundredth episode. It's like, okay, it's a ways away, but and yeah. we got there. Well, I don't know. Did it? What, I think it was. We collectively, I think, decided, didn't we? Well, yeah. I mean, I think you might yeah. have suggested it. We're like, yeah. I mean, it's because it's. I mean, it's a. It's just one of those touchstone action movies, you know, one of the all-time classics if you will you know that you gotta you gotta put in there for those anniversary episodes so so here we are (laughs) and i would say it might be the last real classic that we haven't quite touched on yet right i don't know um i mean there's some other fantastic action movies out there but yeah i don't know yeah Yeah, because we've already done like lethal weapon we've done we haven't done a lot of the sequels, but like the initial, no, the initial kind of, yeah. Yeah, the starting. Yeah. We did Beverly Hills Cop, and we did, like, obviously. We've done your Fast and Furiouses. <laughs> John Wick. Yeah. I guess I guess the Expendables is one that we really need to get to at some point. Yeah. 125 ear market. <laughs> <laughs> I, get people, um, I get people messaging me all the time, like, when are you doing Expendables? When are you doing Expendables? I'm like, I know, we're going to get to it, I promise. <laughs> All right, it's we're saying it here now. One twenty-five is expendables. <laughs> um, all right, so circling back to the Predator uh, release date on this of June twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, budget, and I like double check this because it seemed crazy, but the budget on this of eighteen million, like yeah, low it was budget, tiny. Yeah, well, well it, that's where it started. <laughs> They ran out of money. I don't know if you guys caught that. So I I had an opportunity. I watched some of the, or I listened to some of the commentary from John McTiernan. And I watched the, uh, because I have it on DVD. So I watched some of the special features. And they ran out of money. (laughs) And they actually stopped filming for, I think it was four or five months. While they were trying to gather up more funds to finish the film. Jeez. So and that, they, seems, that seems crazy considering it's Joel Silver and Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And John McTiernan. So, yeah. And so they, nothing was disclosed how much they actually spent. But the way McTiernan said it on the, the DVD commentary is they really ended up not making any money by the time wow. it was all said and done, which, 
you know, how much I think Hovercraft do you have it right? How much yeah, worldwide gross? Domestic gross of fifty nine million and worldwide of ninety eight million dollars. So if they didn't make any money, then that's an insane gap between the announced budget and how much they actually spent. Yeah, yeah. well, because this wasn't really a big hit at the time. I mean, it was well, it was number one that weekend. But yeah, you're but right. It's, it, it's definitely grown a following over time. Yeah, I think I mean, it's, it's become more appreciated over time. I mean, it's still, I mean, made a decent amount of money overall, especially when we get into the top grossing films. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, languishing in the bottom of the. Uh, That's true, and granted, it was eighty-seven, so you know, that amount of money is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Rotten Tomatoes on this of 81% and a audience score of 87%. So, yeah, that uh, seems about right. Seems about right. I thought maybe audience score a little higher, but you know, probably about right. Um, okay. So top grossing movies of 1987, uh, number one, this is always surprises me, but number one, three men and a baby, uh, number two, fatal attraction, and number three, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, and then a movie that we have done that beat The Predator, which came in 12th for the year, was Lethal Weapon, which came in 9th. And a movie that Predator beat was number 16, Sphinx's favorite, RoboCop. <laughs> God. It would only, it would have to be the 100th episode that we have to bring fucking RoboCop back up, right? Although, no, now apparently, like, RoboCop seems like a dream to you compared to Spawn, right? Like, you'd watch, <laughs> oh, that's you'd watch RoboCop all day. Yes, you're not wrong. <laughs> I think maybe, that. I think we need to revisit RoboCop, and hopefully you'll have a slightly more optimistic take on it. I mean, I'm on board for doing RoboCop 2. I remember that one better anyways. So. Yeah, I do like RoboCop 2 a lot. <laughs> um, so uh, do we – you think after 100 episodes I remember the order. Do we want to talk about the cast or do we want to do net worth next? Let's do cast first, then net worth. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, we've got Arnold, yep. obviously, is our main man. He's, he's playing Major Dutch Schaefer. Um, who's kind of the leader of the mercenary team that this movie is based on. Are they? We got Carl- that's the thing I oh, want to figure out real quick. Are they actually mercenaries? They kind of seem like they're just a a unit, like a special force. Yeah, unit. you know what? I'm glad you asked that question because I asked it myself because initially I was like, oh, they're like mercenaries they hired. Then it was like, well, no, it seems like they're taking orders like they're part of the military. But then everything I read afterwards about it made it characterize them as like a mercenary team that were hired. So it was very confusing to me. Yeah, my thought was Carl Weathers was definitely in the military, and I thought he hired Arnold. He hired Dutch. Because the way Dutch's team operates is they're all listening to to Dutch, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're not listening to Carl Weathers, even though he's the military man. Yeah, and It seemed like the meeting in the beginning of the film – was well, him kind of hiring Arnold. Well, that's the I thing. Or, I don't think he was ordering. Well, that's the thing. Do I, I don't think Carl Weathers isn't military. He's former military, but now he's CIA. So they have to recruit a military team to help them, but they're not under know. any orders of the CIA. They're working as their yeah. own. See, I thought that they were more mercenaries, though, because Arnold was like, well, we only take rescue jobs. And if you're part of the military, if you're a unit in the military, you can't be like, hey, we're not going to do this mission, military. And throughout the movie, they share stories about how they were in Cambodia and Afghanistan and some of those places 
from what we know, American military technically wasn't there. My yeah, guess would be true. my guess would be that they, maybe they were part of a unit initially and then formed their own like mercenary group and continued to do missions afterwards for pay. That would be yeah, because a bunch of them were in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it is confusing. Yeah, because I kind of went back and forth, but ultimately I'm going to go on the side of them being a mercenary team just because Arnold brings up a couple times that they pick and choose what missions they want, and I don't yeah. think you can do that if you're part of the military. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, Carl Weathers is Dylan. Mm-hmm. We just mentioned is kind of the CIA operative. Uh, we got uh, Alpedia Carrillo as Anna, which I totally forgot there was even a girl in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we got Bill Duke, Sergeant Matt. Uh, I love me some Bill Duke. Man, you, you guys just saw him in uh, Commando, right? I did. Yeah, well, Commando, and um, there's a couple other things we watched him in, too. He's, he, he's in Exit Wounds, remember? He's in Exit Wounds, yeah. <laughs> oh, is he? I wasn't there for that episode. But you're right. I, I, like, I love Bill Duke. He's just yeah. he's yeah, one of he those does actors. A great job. Yeah, yeah, he's just one of those actors I love seeing him and Carl Weathers. I love seeing Carl Weathers and things. I, I mean, Bill Duke. I feel like I mean, like for as silly, ultimately silly as kind of this movie is, the premise. Like, I feel like he gets this a really kind of weird, complex performance in this. He does. In this movie. I'm gonna say it now, even though we haven't gone through the whole cast. I think everybody like had their A game for this movie. <laughs> I which agree. Is weird based on like the premise of the movie. Yeah. But they really, like, they went all for it. And I love it for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, sorry, keep going. Because it, cause it could have been, you know, because these guys are historically, they're not necessarily the greatest actors. They're not getting nominated for any awards. But damn it, like, Bill Duke fucking killed it in this movie, as did <laughs> so many of the rest of them. Which yeah. then brings up, uh, we got Richard Chaves, or Chavez, uh, who's Pancho Ramirez. We've got Jesse Ventura <laughs> as Blaine, which, man, there's a lot to say about Jesse, the body of Ventura there. Uh, Sonny Lanham, which is Billy. A lot to say about him, too. Oh, yeah. I was just going to yeah, Sorry. Go ahead. We'll get, we'll get to Sonny Lanham. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shane Black, our, our lethal weapon writer, our last action <laughs> hero writer, is, is now going to be doing some acting as Hawkins. Did you hear how he got the part? Yeah, he asked, didn't he? Well, he, he, not only did he well, ask... No, actually, he was conned into... They told him he was going to update some of the screenwriting, and then they just said, oh, forget it, right? Yeah, well, they, they Joel Silver <laughs> was worried about the script, and so yeah. he said uh, he wanted to get Shane Black in, and Shane Black said no, so he's like, all right, we'll give you a part in the movie, <laughs> just keep an eye on the script, and if we need something rewritten, rewrite it for me. And Shane Black's like, okay, but I want to wear these like commando real <laughs> ballistic glasses. And he's like, no, you're going to be a nerd. And he gave him these nerdy glasses instead. Well, comparative to the rest of the team, he's, he's the scrawny guy, you know, like you can't. Yeah. I kept being like, why is this guy part of this team? Well, like, I didn't understand what his function was. You know, honestly, that was the thing, like watching it this time through, I really understood all their functions. Like, I understand Arnold's, everybody besides Shane Black. He went, well, he was a, he was a tech wizard. He was a radio man. Yeah, he was our communications officer. All right, okay. Uh, we got R.G. Armstrong as Major Phillips, uh, and then the last person I was going to bring up is Kevin Peter Hall as our predator. <laughs> well, which, which I did not know that he had passed away at a really early age. Did you guys know that? I did not know that. I did not. He passed away in 1991. Oh, oh wow. 
Yeah, he. Um, so right he, after Predator Two. Yeah, he died from AIDS. Huh. Oh, he he got it from a blood a bad blood transfusion. Jeez. I know it's not awful. Yeah, so, I had to actually I, pulling the curtain back a little bit when I was an infant. I had to have blood transfusions, and it was before they had really uh, tested for AIDS. So yeah. up until I was twelve, I had to continually get blood tests to make sure I was uh, not showing any symptoms. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. Which that actually brings me to, we didn't share our first times seeing this oh, movie, like what our history is of the oh, film. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I can go first, because yeah, honestly, I, I don't have a great history of this film, and I don't know why. Like, it's actually one, surprisingly, like my, I don't remember my dad actually owning this movie. Yeah, you, um, just, you guys didn't sit down and watch this one as a family? No, this wasn't a family sit down, which I feel like should have been. Uh, the first time I saw this was probably middle school. And the only times I'd ever seen it up until I saw it for the podcast was it was on TV. It was on TV a lot, like TNT or TBS, one of those kind of late night showings of it. Mm -hmm. And I'd probably seen it five or six times on TV. Um, And that was it. Like, I always enjoyed it. It it always terrified me, to be completely (laughs) honest with you. Like, that might be the scariest monster I think of anything in cinema, in my opinion. Like, there's just something about that face that freaks me the fuck out, even to is this it, day. Is it because he's one ugly motherfucker? <laughs> that's exactly why. Um, so that's 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 it, kind of, for my experience. It's just it's always a movie I would casually watch on TV. Yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, and I, don't, I I mean, I guess I'm kind of the same with you. I don't have any like, you know, like moment or like big story about this i mean like i've seen it a couple of times i i mean if i'm being honest i haven't seen it in quite a while before watching it for the podcast um you know i just i don't own it or anything i should but yeah this is what this is the fun i want to tell you guys i rented it off amazon for 3.99 and then today they refunded me the 3.99 (laughs) Because they said apparently there was like they were like oh there were streaming issues I didn't have any issues when I watched it but hey so I watched it for free that's pretty nice. good yeah and that happened to me with uh, Last Action Hero <laughs> that back in the day I do remember actually that. they they gave me the movie for free oh man they didn't give me my money back for the rental they just gave me the film man I got screwed apparently well you <laughs> bitched <laughs> LPJ all right so this movie like. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I know I was probably seven, maybe eight. Um, and it was a movie we had that my dad had recorded off of HBO. Um, but I had seen it, you know, like you, Sphinx, it's always, it was always on. So I'd always yeah. catch parts of it, but we did own it and I would put it in and watch it sometimes. But it's it's like, this is one of those movies that, this is like the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Like, it's one that I've just always had and always watched it's like it it's like it never didn't exist um <laughs> and i have a couple copies of it i now own it digitally you know <laughs> i've watched it dozens of, of times it's one of one of my favorite uh action films like i just i just love it yeah no i i totally agree it's um yeah, it's just it's a it's a classic film, and uh, yeah, again, I'm just really surprised. Like my dad wasn't one that like recorded on HBO or anything like that. I, mean, I totally feel like it would have been, but anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a couple other things I wanted to bring up about the cast. I 
Uh, I'm sorry, just to go back real quick. So yeah. do you guys, maybe this is my pop quiz since, you know, we, we don't have the sounds for that, but pop, pop quiz, quiz hot shot. shot. Yeah. Uh, how tall is uh, Kevin Peter Hall? 7'4". Okay. 6'10". He is seven foot two. <laughs> ah, I knew it was. I knew it was over seven feet. Yeah, which is crazy. And and they from the beginning they pretty much, well, with the exception of which I'm sure LPJ will mention. Yeah, I'll JCBD, talk about that in a minute. Yeah, and he was definitely thought of to be like who they wanted for the predator after they started shooting mm-hmm. because they needed someone to be bigger than Arnold. You know, and, and that's the thing that is interesting with this cast is they are there is so much damn macho-ness in this movie that it is crazy like <laughs> fucking insanity yeah and while while going through the documentaries and all that they loved it these these guys they did everything they could during the filming to want to one-up each other so apparently Arnold, they would, they would compete with one another to get up as early as they could in the morning to work out. And so Arnold would be getting up at like 4.30 in the morning just to prove that he was the first one jogging to the gym and that when the other guys showed up, he was already like lifting up his dumbbells and shit. And like all of them just all wanted to compete with each other to be bigger. I guess Jesse the Body Ventura was talking about how daily he was comparing his arm size to Arnold's. And they had like running bats that by the end of the filming, who was going to have the biggest muscle tones and, and all this kind of stuff. Like, well, I, I, I have a story met. about that. So, okay, go ahead. So one day, uh, so this, the, the way the story goes is Ventura walks into the, 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 uh, the costumer's place, right? And uh, she goes to put the costume on him, and she's like, "Oh, your your arms are actually about an inch bigger than Arnold's." And so Ventura got the idea that they would have this contest that uh, whoever had the biggest arms had to uh, the, uh, the the whoever the smallest arms had to buy the other person a bottle of champagne. <laughs> and so what happened was they measured, and Schwarzenegger's arms were actually two inches bigger than Ventura's. <laughs> and what had happened is. Arnold had talked to the customer and said to tell Ventura that his arms were an inch bigger just to see what would happen. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's like, this is like, like, I, I don't know. I, I personally, like, I am not like a super manly guy, but I like to think, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, but like that. Wait, wait, are you though? <laughs> well, I don't know. I can see you on the webcam right now. I'm, con- yeah. I'm confused. But, but the level of macho from, from watching the documentary, it's like, oh, my God, there is there must have been so much fucking testosterone in the Mexican jungle during these couple months of filming. It must have driven these guys. Oh, nuts. yeah. Well, did you hear about the Carl Weathers story about working out? He uh, wanted, I might have, but I'll leave it to so, you. Yeah. So Carl Weathers, right, they had this whole thing where he would just, like, show up and already be, like, jacked, like, ready to go. And um, and they couldn't figure out, like, well, we never see him work out. We never see him work out. We have no idea. He would secretly get up at, like, 2.30 or 3 in the morning, work out, and then go back to bed so that whenever he showed up on set, they would never see him working out, but he was just <laughs> naturally that big, he would tell them. 
So, like, that's just hilarious because, like, I just mentioned how Arnold would also get up at, like, 4.30 in the morning. It's like, these guys are fucking nuts. Like, they're competing with each other on time for who can be working out first. It's... It's so weird. But. We're gonna get. We're gonna start doing that for the podcast. We're just gonna start. <laughs> there <laughs> so we go. The earliest to work out. Uh, and, and then you're Sunny, gonna win. Sunny, what? <laughs> I I haven't been to the gym in a long time. No gyms are open. So. And then we've got so Sonny Lanham. Uh, is Lanham? Is that how you say his name? Lanham. Does yeah, sure. So he's six eight, and apparently he's a nutball. I don't know him from anything else. But the story is that they, the, the, the filming project, hired a bodyguard to help people to be ready for Sonny when, they, when he was going to start beating the shit out of people. So, yeah, what they were doing is they, couldn't ins- they yeah. wouldn't insure Sonny Landon to be on the film because all the actors have to be insured. Yeah. They wouldn't insure him. Unless he had a handler who would protect people from Sandy, Sonny Landim. So if Sonny got out of hand, he the guy they had to hire a guy bigger than Sonny Landim to kick Sonny Landim's ass if he got out of control. Yeah. That's just fucking insanity. Like we really don't trust this guy against anybody here. So we won't insure him and we'll hire pretty much a hitman that'll knock his ass out if he decides to step out of line. That's crazy. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just nuts. Like I, to be a fly on the wall, to you know, to be in the jungle to watch this happen. But I guess they all were saying that Arnold, like, has true leadership um, in making movies. Like everybody from McTiernan to Joe Silver to the the cast, they all said like Arnold is the best, nicest guy. Like motivates everybody. Like, uh, it sounds like he's like a pleasure to work with. Well, and that was um, like, well, I mean, we'll get into, we'll technically get into role reversals yet. I couldn't find any role reversals because all of the guys in the cast were either recommended or suggested by Arnold. Like Arnold yep. handpicked this cast and they all jumped at the chance to work with him. Like they all wanted like legitimately to work with each other on this film. And that's why I guess they all had such a good time is because they all really enjoyed being with each other. Because you can totally see how this could have gone south. Oh, God, yes. talking about these people. Like, it sounds like this could have been a fucking, like, like a Tropic Thunder, like, environment, <laughs> but in real life. Oh, but yeah. no, they all rallied around Arnold. And it's it's awesome how they were able to make it work. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the is... final thing I have in, in terms of, of cast and whatnot is they did bring in uh, a military guy as an advisor, which is why a lot of the stuff that they did is very correct to what would normally be done, like doing the hand signals and that type of stuff um, was all done by this military guy. But of everyone in the cast, there's only one of them that was actually in the military. Do you know mm-hmm. who it is? I do. Jesse Ventura. He was a SEAL. Yeah, he was a fucking Navy SEAL, which is intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before <laughs> yeah. he was a wrestler, he was a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And he's so, actually, yeah. that minigun that he shoots, he <laughs> the is the, gun? yeah, he's the first <laughs> actor to ever yeah. use one on screen, and there's only ever been three other people to do it. One of them is Arnold. <laughs> in, in Terminator 2? Yeah. yeah. They're the only, like, Schwarzenegger... Uh, Ventura and one other guy are the only three people to ever use that gun 
like ever only actor to use that gun on set in a film. What did they call it? It had a fun name in the movie. I can't it's remember. A, it's called a minigun. It's oh, old, pain, old painless. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. There was a little, there was a little documentary short on it, and yeah, it's it's an old style Gatling gun, which like yeah, you would need to like you know like you saw it in there, you would have the ammo already attached to it, you'd have to feed it, and because it spins and it isn't attached to anything when Jesse's holding it, you had to also supply the gun with these huge ass batteries. Yeah. So not only are you holding this gun that has no business being held, but then he's carrying, I guess it was a backpack that you couldn't really see in the film, but there's these gigantic batteries to get the damn thing to spin on top of it. Yeah, it, well, it's essentially, it's actually a like a helicopter mounted cannon that they just mounted on a hand like mount yep. and they carry it around, but it's actually a helicopter cannon. They're like, hey, we're, we're going on that rescue mission, better bring the mini cannon <laughs> well that's what the military advisor said he's like like this is not practical but they're like who cares this is fucking awesome and it totally it, it, you know awesome. what they were right it was awesome I'll tell you what though it's not Jesse that uses it the best it's Bill Duke that fucking uses oh, yeah. it the best when that's he fair. thinks he sees the predator and fucking goes off on it Yeah, we can talk like about that scene a little bit more but I, I, that scene to me is just bonkers I mean in a good way but we can, we can discuss yeah. a little more but um, so uh, let's let's close out this kind of number section and, and get into the net worth of uh, these people most of these people we've done before but I'm sure we don't remember because we never did. Um, so let's start with uh, Shane Black. What do you guys think for Shane Black? Uh, I'm going to say $50 million. Okay. I don't know if he's doing... Doesn't he have a bunch of issues? I'm going to say like $6 mil. Uh, you are both wrong. It's $16 million. Okay. For- well, he just directed uh, He just directed Iron Man. Well, not just directed, but he directed Iron Man 3. <laughs> just directed it, you know, like a decade ago. <laughs> Iron Man 3, it was like five years ago. He directed the uh, one of the that Predator sequel yeah, more recently. Predator. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you guys think about uh, Jesse Ventura? Uh, I mean, he's a politician. He's probably got a little bit of money. I'll say twenty-five. Okay. I'll say eight million. Close, closer, Sphinx. Uh, Six million dollars for uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, what do you think for our boy Bill Duke? Oh, we Who's just Bill talked Duke? about this too. I'll say 15. Five. Just if you consider Commando was the third episode I ever did on the podcast. (laughs) So I don't know if we just talked about it, but uh, actually, no, he would have been on the episode for um, Exit Wounds, you said. Exit Wounds, when I created the network so I could tell you that DMX had negative 15 million. Uh, (laughs) Bill Duke is is $2 million. Okay. Uh, what do you think about uh, Carl Weathers? Six million. I remember he's okay. doing. I remember he was. He did well with his money. All right. I'll what do you think? Million. What's that? Ten. Ten. Uh, six million. Uh, LPJ. Got it. Uh, and then finally, we've done this a couple of times. Yep. What do you, th- what do you think for Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's like, like three hundred, isn't he? Yeah, he's like three twenty. Uh, four hundred million dollars. Okay. Yep. <laughs> There you go. So that yep that that rounds out the uh, networks that I did. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I do have one more cast, two more cast things to talk about. Uh, yeah. The first one is 
the voice of the Predator, the actual person who oh, created yeah. the voice I of the Predator. I was like, LBJ probably loves yeah. this. It's Peter Cullen, who, if you don't know, is the voice of Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> Among other things, but he's the voice of Optimus Prime. Uh, I was trying to I was trying to explain to some people they're like, what do you mean the voice of the predator? I'm like, I don't know, we did like the grunts and stuff. <laughs> well, the, like the clicks and the like the vocal pops and stuff. Yeah, I mean I get it. It just I mean like it seems like I don't I'm surprised that they had to hire a noted voice actor to do yeah, it. I don't know. It worked. Um and the other thing is, you know, we should probably talk about who the original uh, Predator was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> how, are, how are so many of your favorites involved in this movie? I, don't, I, it, I also don't wouldn't be, it also wouldn't be a hundredth uh, episode spectacular if JCVD wasn't brought up. That's right, <laughs> my friends. Uh, I am also in this movie, at least for a little bit. It's me, JCVD. Uh, yeah, so this was actually going to be uh, maybe not his first movie, but it was going to be like one of his first big movies. Um, he was brought in because initially the, the idea for the Predator, he was going to be like a ninja, basically. He was going to be kind of a martial arts alien, which is weird now thinking about it. But uh, JCVD is only 5'9". Like, he's short. He's shorter than me. And, um, you know, you put a guy who's 5'9 in a frog suit next to Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Ventura. Yeah. He's going to look like, you know what's even there for who who's hunting who at that point <laughs> yeah so then they're like you know this is not gonna work plus he hated being there because like he couldn't see at all in the suit he could barely stand the rubber was thick like he couldn't jump around in it so, yeah I, I i i one of the things i read is that they said that the the actual predator suit weighed 200 pounds which seems insane to me that it weighed that much in that mexican jungle having to to wear that in that heat good yeah. god Yep. And I mean, the, the other guys are, you know, they're half naked in the movie and they're sweating bullets. I can't imagine what Kevin Peter Hall is dealing with in well, there. And not only that, there's there's two suits. So when they when they film the scene where he's kind of cloaked and he's got the thing on, mm-hmm. um, that's a that's an all bright red Predator suit. So they basically had to film each scene for the Predator twice yeah. because they had to film it with the standard suit. And then rotoscope them or however they do it out and add the uh, the camouflaged one in, which is him in the red suit. So he had to do basically every scene twice, which is craziness. Wait, can I? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I know, I gotcha. I was gonna say, can I? Can I? You know, you know, I like to pull out the strangest fact that I find on uh, IMDb when I'm doing research for this. This seems like an app time. You guys might have seen this, but. <laughs> I'm still laughing thinking about it now. When they said that, like, they, they made an attempt when they were trying to get the shot of the Predator, like, swinging from tree to tree they, they, by using, putting a monkey in the red special effects suit. <laughs> <laughs> they, said, they said that the monkey kept taking off the suit. <laughs> so they ultimately didn't do it. But I'm like, what kind of idea is that? That they're like, yeah, we'll put a monkey in this suit and then just film him swinging from tree to tree. Did they just capture a monkey in the jungle? <laughs> or, was this no. just, or was this like a professional monkey? It didn't give the details. It just said that they tried to capture it, but that it kept taking the suit off. So it didn't work. So I they can't imagine to... why. How did they find a seven foot monkey? <laughs> 
I don't know. That's why I'm like, is this something real? Like, I didn't fact check it other than that, but I was like, that's great. I like that Anyways, sorry. Go- going to the red suit as well. So Sam Winston is responsible for for the Predator look. Yeah. Um, who's huge when it comes to, to models and characters and all that. Um, and apparently... That's the way that the Predator looks is not the way it originally looked. <laughs> no, it looked horrible. Have you guys seen the picture of what the original Predator? I didn't was see like? it. I read I heard, what they said. Yeah, over, I read, but I didn't, but I didn't see, see it. it. It looks like a lobster, and because it had a red suit for those scenes, it really looked like a lobster. So John McTiernan said it was literally like just an hour into shooting. And he's like, we can't fucking do this. Like this thing looks too fucking horrible. I will get fired if I continue to do this. Cause it was like a one-eyed cycloptic lobster is what the thing looks like. I just just Google it. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's pretty bad looking, especially the red suit version. (laughs) So he literally sent it back to the studio and said, no, you gotta, you can't, you gotta bring me something back. Well, did you hear how that, how the, the actual final product came about? All I know is that Winston like made it on a flight to Japan. He like made it in like a couple hours. He called up, uh, McTiernan called up, um, James, James Cameron. And oh yeah, and James Cameron just happened to be sitting with Stan Winston, and James Cameron looked turned to Stan Winston. He said, uh, "You want to design a? I want to design an alien." And they're like, "All right." So they started spitballing ideas, and James Cameron's like, "I always kind of wanted to see one with like a mandible, like split open mouth." And Stan Winston's like, "Yeah, I can do that." And within <laughs> an hour, had drawn the final product. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, there's so many fun stories to the background of this movie. It's just. <laughs> fun uh i got uh the taglines oh yeah all right so not not great (laughs) as most (laughs) taglines always seem to be the first one is the most famous line in the film if it bleeds we can kill it um nothing like it has ever been on earth before which is which is a lie that's a lie (laughs) the second movie proved that it came for the thrill of the hunt. It picked the wrong man to hunt. That's pretty good. I, I mean, like that one. I, I mean, arriving a hunt with hunt is not great, but you know. <laughs> Soon the hunt will begin. No. I, I, no. <laughs> now this one is kind of combining things now. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. It came from another planet for the thrill of the hunt. It picked the wrong man. That's just like, that's just like combining the three that you said already into one. Yeah. This sounds like the guy that does the trailers. In a part of the world where there are no rules, deep in the jungle, jungle where nothing that lives is safe, an elite rescue squad is being led by the ultimate warrior. That's a tagline? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, this movie, think of this movie even had the Ultimate Warrior in it, LBJ. That'd be great. I can't imagine, you know, those tassels would have frightened me. Oh my god, adding him to this movie. (laughs) (laughs) There would have been cocaine everywhere, too. Even though JCVD probably brought that for the few times he was in there. No, that wasn't until later. He he was clean at this point. Gotcha. Two more. We cannot see it, but it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. No, that is No, that is awful. And this one is just, like, breaking fourth walls totally. In this movie, Arnold will experience every meaning of the word pain. I don't even know if that, yeah. 
that's a, not that's good. A better, that sounds like a pitch line to a studio executive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Which speaking one more thing about Arnold, which I found bizarre. The entire filming of this movie, he never stopped smoking cigars. Apparently, he fell into this habit from Commando. Yeah, I heard about that. To start smoking cigars and literally never stopped. I mean, there's scenes where he's got it, you know, that he's smoking it. Yeah. But apparently, he every time it was like a cut, he would ask for a smoky. <laughs> like, every time. And he got like half of them, half the cast, to start smoking them with them. Yep. Which is just weird, but anyway. This is also uh, the movie uh, where uh, Jesse Ventura got his line for his first book, Ain't Got Time to Bleed. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in there for you. There are so many good fucking lines in this movie. Yeah. Way more than I remembered. <laughs> I wrote down so many. <laughs> um, All right. I mean, we kind of already covered it, but obviously director of this is uh, John McTiernan, which I would say I was kind of surprised Like when I was looking at it. I guess I didn't realize that he didn't. I mean, like he directed some great movies, but he didn't direct that many movies. No, he has not a very large filmography. Yeah. Like it was like the first. Was it the first three or the first two diehards? No, just the the first first one and the third one. Oh, that's right. He didn't didn't direct the second one. Okay. Yeah, because the second one he was filming Hunt for Red October. Yep. Well, that's right. I, we forgot talked, that, that's I forgot that Hunt for Red October, which is. Yeah. No, if I remember yet. right, too, from the Die Hard episode we did, he got he's in a whole bunch of legal trouble. So I think that kind of ruined his directing. Oh, career. that's right. Yeah. Didn't yeah, because he might actually be in jail right now, from what I remember, too. Didn't, didn't he also direct uh, uh, Last Action Hero, though? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, we've done Black. we've done a lot of McTiernan movies, or at least we've done we've done a lot of his big McTiernan, the big McTiernan. I was going to say, besides the third Die Hard, I think that's the last big one that we have left. Well, we're going to do his whole catalog. I don't know what those other couple movies are, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think but... one of them might be um, uh, Cutthroat Island. So, <laughs> oh man, you don't want to do Cutthroat Island? Oh, was I supposed to answer that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did the Thomas Crown Affair. Come on now. Oh, that was yeah, good. Yeah. We saw that. Yeah. And uh, and Rollerball. Rollerball. Oh, the oh, 13th... he produced Rollerball. My apologies. The 13th Warrior, uh, which uh, former podcast guest Dave, he loves that movie so much so that he almost picked it when he was out for his episode for movie to do is the 13th Warrior. I've never seen it, but he loves it. It's not Basic, terrible. Basic is the last thing he's done. 2003. Okay. Um, music, let's quickly get to that, is uh, big name Alan Silvestri. Our well, old friend Alan Silvestri. Not a big name at the time. Well. Uh, no, I disagree because Silvestri did Back to the Future. But that was it. And there are a ton of Back to the Future vibes from this soundtrack. Oh, totally. But but that was the only thing he had really done up until up until this. You are probably right there. I'm checking right now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Back to the Future was his first real big role. So, uh, LPJ, you got a little sample of the song, right? I do, yes. Let's put that on right now. This is the main title from The Predator. Thank you. 
it's super uh, Back to the Futury. Like, there's a yeah. lot of there, just the way he kind of blends the horns in with the uh, with the woodwinds. Yeah, it's all very Back to the Futury. <laughs> but I I love how well it's used for the suspense of the film. Oh, totally. Because because this is like a horror movie as well as an action movie. You know, yeah. being hunted by this beast. You know, the the way that they use the sound in this movie really gives it some great horror elements to it. Yeah. Well, I'd say this movie. I mean, it almost. Had, I mean, not almost. It has kind of two distinct like parts of it. There's like part one and two, yeah. like, cause like the first 50 minutes of this movie is basically just a action movie. I mean, you get a little bit of the predator in it, but it's just kind of like them in the jungle and they go to this and there's all this stuff. And then like 50 minutes in, you get your first shot of the predator and then it becomes something completely different. Yeah. And I always forget that. I always forget that there's that big I totally lead up. That. Like the predator doesn't even show up until, you know, an hour and a half into the movie almost because the movie is what two hours long no yeah well i guess it, yeah you're right sorry well, like an hour and 56 minutes yeah. or something i think yeah. he shows up i think he shows up about like an hour into it or something. yeah no that's when right, you, yeah. he's in it you get those shots of the heat vision and like he's there and you get hit them like watching he's watching them and stuff but you don't see your full like actual his first kill i think is like 55 minutes into the okay movie yeah that sounds that sounds about right but yeah i forget that whole first section's there yeah and it's very you know and it's very interesting because obviously you know like this movie came out in 87 so i don't remember but it's like i wonder like the i wonder how the advertising on this one was done like i wonder if going into it you know like people knew like, did they make, was the Predator, like, featured in the advertising? Or was it something where people went in and kind of were like, oh, this is just, like, an Arnold action movie, and then it became this other thing? I wonder how much was known about it going into it. Mm, that's a good question. I really don't know. I actually, I, I watched the trailer. It was part of um, my DVD. And it definitely created, like, a mystery of what yeah. was happening. So they did have a little bit of the infrared, but that was it. So you didn't know necessarily that it was like an alien. Right. And, I, but, and I think it would be cool like to go into this movie and just be like thinking you're getting like the normal a- action Arnold movie, which you get at the beginning, but then it, have it kind of turn into this other thing would kind of be a cool experience if you didn't know what was going there. Yeah, yeah. The, the shock value must have been great when you finally see the full monster. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I still get the shock value. <laughs> like that thing fucking freaks me out. Well, it's so iconic. Like just that that face that that particular alien face is so iconic like it's it's as iconic as the uh endoskeleton for the terminator or the xenomorph from aliens i mean it is Absolutely. it is just in the zeitgeist yeah yeah absolutely Oh, I wanted to bring up real quick uh the movie uh alan silvestri did in between back to the future and predator was good old Delta Force. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot you did the music for that. Yeah, remember they like they're like, hey, write like two minutes of a song and we'll just put it on repeat. The worst fucking soundtrack we've ever had on this show. Wow. <laughs> That's not gonna make my top five. Alright. <laughs> no. no. Um, alright. So I guess at this point, like I, we can, I don't know if there's really a whole lot of rundown of plot we need to do, 
Well, but we can at least kind of go through the beginning and and I talk this, about themes yeah. as they happen. I think this might be one where we kind of do the the overarching plot and then yeah. maybe kind of dig into some particular scenes. Yeah, which which ultimately is kind of what we mentioned before. You know, Arnold gets hired by the CIA guy Carl Weathers, uh, who is uh, Dylan, uh, to go on this mission behind enemy lines. Kind of not necessarily enemy lines, but just Part of the jungle well, that is not. They, he, you tell him that, they, they tell him that like a diplomats or something like helicopter got shot down and that they're missing and they they need them to go in because they yeah. only do rescue operations. So they're like, hey, we need you to go in behind ones and rescue these people that got in this helicopter crash. That's how they sell it to. Them. Yeah, that's how they sell it to them. They don't even mention that um, another group had already been there. Yeah. Right. Like, so as they're kind of exploring, they find these dead bodies, and they kind of figure out that. Um, well, more more than just dead bodies. Yeah. Skinned they're fucking alive, skinned, dead, skinned yeah, they're dead bodies. Skinned. Yeah. Yeah. So you you find out that there's, there's some other there was uh, there was another U.S. set of set of U.S. troops that were there. Um, yeah, I like how I like how uh, Arnold just happens to. Oh, I know this guy. He's on Fort Bragg, Green Berets. It's like, wait, how did you know this guy? Just happened yeah. to know him. How do, how do you know someone that's been skinned? Which can I also bring this <laughs> yeah, up? Real quick? Tags. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is um, as I mentioned earlier, like I had only ever really seen this movie on TV, which made me realize watching it on my DVD that I'm pretty sure there's a lot of these scenes I had never seen before (laughs) because I could not believe the gore in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot. It really surprised me. So I feel like watching it in the past, I feel like it was edited on TV. It definitely was. Yeah, because the people that were skinned that we're just talking about, like their entrails are on the ground. Yeah. Like, fuck. And that's my memory of like Predator 2. Like, cause I had seen, I rented Predator 2 and watched it, you know, uh, on VHS. But then every time I had seen it after that, it was always on TV. And I remember like, there's a whole big scene where there's guys hanging from the ceiling skinned like this. And it basically, the scene just abruptly cuts. Yeah. And so I, like, I remember that's the same experience I got with the second movie, but yeah, this one, you're right. There's just as much. Yeah, it's bad. And, and so they're they're essentially just they're they're heading to this you know little I don't know village. Well, well, they go. They're the supposed helicopter. to be rescuing. Well, they go to the helicopter uh, first, that's and, then they, helicopter first and they get the, the trail crash. from the helicopter, which leads them to like kind of the the base it's or compound, like said, yeah. village compound in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, and then they which just then, then they just murder a lot of people. Oh my god, <laughs> they fuck that camp up <laughs> like. Fuck, like, I cannot describe well enough how much that compound got fucking annihilated by these seven people. Yeah. They they decided not to just blow it up. They decided to incinerate every last piece of that compound that it left me thinking, if they were rescuing anybody, they killed them long ago. Yeah, and that was... the fire. That was the thing, like... There's that seat. So they have this Jeep that they have. They have this Jeep that has no back wheels. They have it on on posts and it's running their generator. Basically, it's yeah. running the electricity in the camp. And so Arnold lifts the Jeep up, like <laughs> picks up the end of the Jeep, sets it on the ground, 
but not before stuffing it with hundreds of pounds of explosives, <laughs> it seems like, and writing and, and, and letting it go into what is probably the headquarters, like the central building. Isn't that where they would keep the prisoners potentially? Like he well, just they, blows up the entire central building of this compound. And they saw earlier because it was like a Russian that was interrogating one of the hostages and they saw him get blown up or they saw him get shot. shot yeah. yeah. So it's like he knew that they were there and that there were more, but apparently that didn't matter because the other guys are then using the rocket launcher part of their gun. Oh my gosh! And then Jesse's they, got the Gatling gun, fucking tearing pieces apart from these humans. Yeah, yeah they use they use so many grenades. Like I have that in my when they were attacking this camp, I have it in my notes. They're just like, <laughs> like flying all over the place. They like. I mean, there are guys just running around on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's so many guys on fire. Yeah, you're right. Like for a team that only does rescue jobs, they do. Well, and then like, we don't do assassinations. We do rescue jobs, and then they just murder. A that's my. That's my other question. That was my question about this group too. Like they have. So here's what they have. They have a communications officer, and they have a tracker. Okay, sure, I got that. They have Schwarzenegger leading them. Okay, sure, but then they have. Two heavy machine gunners, <laughs> Bill Duke and Jesse Ventura, only have gigantic, normally vehicle-mounted machine guns, and then they have a demolitions and explosives expert. <laughs> that makes so that much. rounds out their group. Like nobody, nobody has me. just nobody just has a pistol. They've got like <laughs> they've got fifty caliber Desert Eagles. They have the largest. There's no sniper rifle or anything. (laughs) They have the largest pistol available. To be fair, though, Arnold does kill that one guy with the machete. Well, he does. (laughs) But of course, but of course, he has a giant machete. He doesn't have a knife. (laughs) He has a machete the size of my leg. Stick around. Knock knock. Um. Hey, can I? Can I? Can we backtrack and talk about uh, Billy for a second? He's like that. He's the, he's the, you're ghosting us, motherfucker. He, he's the, he's the tracker, right? Yeah, Billy's yeah. a tracker. Sonny Landum. Yeah, like, and I get that he was a tracker, but man, I have in my notes that, like, and, and maybe I don't know if you'll both appreciate this, but LBJ will. I'm like, man, I'm like, Billy's basically like Sherlock, the way he somehow like recreates scenes. And he's like, there's like two guys, and they came in from here, and they attacked from here, and they, I'm like, come on. Like, well, you know, and that was that was a trope in the '80s because if you remember. In Young Guns, that was Chavez's role. It's always like the Native American guy who was yeah. the tracker. It was very, it was very ubiquitous with that kind of time frame. And you're right; they could just figure out what was going on. <laughs> oh, he walked this way, and then he took two steps backward. But the way the leaves are crushed here, he must have been dragging a body. I did, I did, I did like, I did like Billy. For, for all the investigative work that Billy does, in the end, they just fucking blow everything to shit anyway. So what's it, what's it even matter? <laughs> I just, I, that, I, it, it really did. It took me by surprise. I just forgot how insane the explosions were from that compound. And it just, it, it made me think of like Tropic Thunder. Like this is producer Joe Silver. You know, you've got you've got all this macho ness of these guys. They must have been like on such a fucking high when this when this part of the movie was happening. Well, it's, it's, just, it's also 
It's also crazy. during that scene that we get, as you already referenced, LBJ, the famous uh, I ain't got time to bleed line. Yeah. <laughs> when the bodies, he gets shot or something, and I, I can't remember if it's Hawkins or Poncho is like, hey, you're bleeding. And he's like, I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> Which he also then says later on, I would waste that on, I wouldn't waste that on a broke tick dog. <laughs> <laughs> what? You also missed not in this movie long enough with all the random shit he says. We also skipped over when they're flying in in the helicopter, rocking long tall, long tall Sally, and he tells everyone that he's a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as he's chewing the tobacco and spits it on uh, Carl Weathers' foot. Yeah. Uh, so, or or or, so uh, or uh, uh, what's his name's. Uh, Dirty jokes that he keeps trying to tell Billy to get him oh, to laugh. Shane Black. Black. Oh yeah. my god! Which jokes, he yeah. he came up with those jokes on the spot. <laughs> I'm sure he did because it didn't make any fucking sense. I know, hey, they're, about the, they're all about pussies. Hey, Billy liked that one. <laughs> Billy laughed a lot. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's because that's because he had to tell him what the part of the joke was to make him laugh. <laughs> Um, so they finish, uh, kind of like you said, wiping out the camp, and there's like. They're, they keep one uh, lady alive, Anna. Uh, yeah, somehow she lived. Yeah. All the other hostages are all blown up and incinerated. And it's during this that they find out that, like, that Carl Weathers lied to him because, like, it wasn't a rescue mission. It was basically they – and this maybe someone can explain it to me more, but it was like – these Russians were like arming these people and they were going to invade another country or I, I didn't quite get it. I think that's kind of what it was. You know, this is supposed to be like central South America. And at that time there's still all the communist um, things going on of arming certain groups to try and overthrow governments and all that. So I think that's exactly what it was is there okay. were Russians there that were trying to arm probably some sort of revolutionaries and then the Americans were trying to arm the other revolutionaries. And, yeah, it ended up being more of a political mission than what Arnold wanted it to be. Yep, sounds about right. I may have thought really deep into that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was trying to get at. So at this point, because they've killed, like, so many people, they're like, uh-oh, they're like, we got to get out of here because all the other, like, rebels or revolutionaries are going to know they're going to come for us. But, like, they have to hike out a certain different dip distance because the, the helicopter can't get to them where they are, well, I think it is. They won't pick them up behind enemy lines. Right. They're, like they're kind of in a new – they have to get back to, like, the neutral zone, essentially. And yeah. uh, that's where the helicopter will be able to land to pick them up. Cause if, because this is a completely unsanctioned mission. They're kind of in there. If they get caught, then that's it. They're dead. They're, be, they're left for dead. There is no backup. Right. So they, they're like, all right, we got to start making it toward this extraction point. Carl Weathers is like, we got to take the girl, the lady with us because she's got information. So they take her with them. They're she does going, a really shitty job trying to take care of her. It's true. And they're going through the jungle. And that's when, like, uh, uh, Billy can kind of tell that something's tracking them. You know, we've gotten the shots of the heat vision and stuff like that. But yep. I think at some point is where, like, I can't remember where, but where, like, I love it when they're like, oh, but. Billy, you're not scared of no man. And he's like, this is no man or something like, I can't remember the exact phrasing of it. Yeah, it's something along those lines. Yeah. So at, at a certain point, uh, the the lady, Anna, she gets away and she's like trying to run away and they go after her. Uh, and I think that's when uh, Shane Black like first gets killed, right? Like, yeah. he, like Hawkins, he's Hawkins. He's the first one to get killed. 
Right. He catches up to her, and because the predator has like um, he has like an invisibility thing, he's able to like they can't see him. So uh, he Hello. ends up. Yeah. So he kills. Uh, he kills Billy. They find him. He's like strung up from a tree, I think, like uh, with his like guts hanging out. Well, maybe. Not, not Billy. They, he kills um, Hawkins. Hawkins. That's right. Hawkins. Sorry. That's right. They find like his guts later on. They show that the predator's got him strung up in a tree all dead. Um, yeah. So they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. I think the predator shows back up again and he blows a hole through Jesse Ventura's chest. Yep. Which is right wild. Chest. And that's that crazy scene where Bill Duke picks up the minigun and just starts firing. And I love that every other member of the team just kind of walks up and is like, okay, and they start shooting. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just shooting into the jungle. No discussion or anything. It's just they all just for – it must have been 60 seconds straight. It's just shooting and exploding into nothingness. Just in. Yeah. The jungle. And I love so, I love the shot after that because it's just like dense, dense jungle and then a giant patch of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so so after that, uh, they kind of make like a camp. They put like explosives all around it. Um, Bill Duke at this point kind of loses his mind. He's really tore up about Jesse Ventura getting killed. Which Yeah, yeah Max starts slowly going crazy, which yeah. is where, again, I think like he does a great job acting as like this paranoid guy. Well, and that was the story he tells. It's like <clears throat> him and Jesse Ventura were in a platoon in Vietnam, and everybody in the platoon died except for the two of them. And that's kind of how it's always been for them. Like, they've always been the two survivors together. And now that he's dead, you know, he's thinking, all right, well, am I next? I mean, what's going to happen? It's also around this point that Anna, you know, Anna's not really talking a whole lot, but they finally can reach her to say, because she keeps saying that, like, you know, the the monster, it's this this monster, you can't see it. It's like hidden in the trees or whatever. And so finally, though, they said that, you know, that 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 it's bleeding. And that's where Arnold makes the famous quote, you know, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Right. Uh, and then they have that fake out where they're all kind of around the camp and Bill Duke's keeping watch. And they make you think the, pun- the Punisher, the Predator is attacking him. And he's like stabbing and you're like, oh, did he kill it? But it turned out it was just like a wild boar. Just like a big ass wild boar. This oh, thing was yeah. the size of a small elephant. Yeah, yeah, and he fucking slashes the shit out of it, too. Yeah, and while they were doing that, the Predator came and took uh, Jesse Ventura's body away. Yep. Uh, so then they do a thing where I say it's basically like an AT montage where they build, build all <laughs> these traps. They're, like, all pulling down trees and building all these traps. And, like, I don't think any of them come into play. No, that's false. Because the pun- the They all do. Yeah, the Punisher, Thomas Jane shows up, <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> This is the first. This is the first movie, so it's Thomas Jane in this one. The second one. The second one has um, Shane from uh, from Walking Dead in it. I can't think of his okay, name now. Okay. So the Predator, he springs what? He springs one of the traps. He gets Which like does nothing up. to him. But right. oh, yeah, he gets caught. Briefly, yeah, he gets caught. He gets that. caught briefly, and he gets up, and then he takes off. The Predator does, and then Mac takes off after the Predator, and Carl Weathers goes off after Mac, who's going after the Predator. Um, and then Can like, I ask uh, though, why is Mac shaving? That was um, that was just a thing Bill Duke did. Yeah, okay. they said that he just did that as like uh, it was just kind of an improv- improvisation. Oh gosh, improvisation. 
thank you that he did. And they said that like the crew had to like scramble to make like a razor that would actually like have fake blood in it for when he did the thing where he like cut his cheek, you know? Because so, I, I was trying to be like, is that like a cultural thing? Or is that just something that he does? Like, I was really confused, like, what the point of it was. So, but, which but is an improv. Yeah. Um, right. So, it's just uh, Bill Duke being a badass actor. Deal with yeah, it. I was, was going to say, which, whatever. It was just weird. It's just like this, this random blue disposable razor that he's <laughs> shaving in the middle of the Central American jungle, being hunted by a fucking alien. But all right, whatever. And I have a note that says Poncho gets effed up, but I don't remember what happens to Poncho. He might he gets like a log. He, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, what he gets uh does he just get like a he gets hit in the chest with that log. Like it swings down. Oh, and, that's what it is, yeah. He goes flying yeah. and basically like his entire ribcage shatters. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, while uh Bill Duke is going after the predator, like he ends up meeting Carl Weathers catches up on him and they're like they see the predator and they're like, We're gonna get him. They get this plan, but then like Bill Duke just ends up getting shot in the face by the Predator with his, like... Yeah, he's, like, trying to climb around this tree, so he's, like, crawling around, and then he sees the laser on his arm, and then he looks up, and, uh, yeah, then he's... he's and then, right in the fucking hat. And, and then Carl Weathers is trying to shoot the Predator, and his arm gets blown off, but it falls <laughs> to the ground, and it's still shooting, which is, Not like... only blown off, but just like the foot in um, Invasion USA... It's spinning in the air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For about 20 feet before it lands to the ground. So... Well, um, Carl Weathers is not done. Just because he lost an arm does yeah, not he, mean he's not giving up. So well, he, he continues with this huge fucking gun. Um, but, yeah, he eventually dies, too. So they're trying... They're all The rest of them are running away. Billy stops, and he's like, I'm going to fight the Predator. And he, like, pulls out his knife. But we didn't even get to see him get killed. We just hear him scurrying oh, very loudly. But that's yeah, when we also get, you know, the other most famous line ever in this movie. Get, get to, to the, the chopper! chopper! <laughs> yeah, go on, get to the chopper! And then Poncho gets killed because I think he gets shot in the head. It's, it was very unclear to me what happens to Poncho. is because they're helping him, trying to get him because he's so injured. And then I think he gets shot just, in It's the just head. complete chaos at this point. Yeah. Like, the Predator is just like, I'm going to fucking take these guys all out right now. Because in a matter of, like, four minutes... He takes out fucking Mac, Dylan, um, Billy, Poncho, and I think that's it, right? He takes the four out in like a minute. Yeah, like yeah. Minute. it's like one I, right after another. And Arnold, Arnold falls off a cliff into water, then he falls off a wa- falls off the side of a waterfall. Three into, waterfalls. Into a lake, and then that's kind of like one of my favorite parts of the movie where he gets to the he gets to like the edge of the lake and he's kind of like exhausted and tired, and then you just hear the, the big splash of like the predator like following him, and that's when like his armor kind of starts to short out a little bit, so you get like a first kind of glimpse of him. Uh, but he can't see Dutch Arnold because he's caked in this mud, so like the, the Predator, all his senses and all his, like, heat, it's all heat sensing, right? It's, like, all heat vision. So he can't see him because he's covered in the mud. Arnold does another kind of, like, 18 thing where he makes all these uh, traps. So he makes, like, a big spine, or not spine, spike-like trap, I guess. Yep. Where it's, like, a counterweight and it's going to drop and swing down because he's trying to funnel him through this path. Um, he also makes a bunch of, he makes a bow and arrow. Uh, he makes like some explosives out of like the gunpowder, the, the shells that he has. He's got like two shells left. Yeah. yeah. It's very MacGyver of him. That's yeah, what I really And he's working in front of a fire, which is bizarre because if you're trying to hide from a heat sensing alien, <laughs> maybe don't light a fire in the middle of the jungle where it's probably the only fire lit. 
So we also find out that the Predator has a, he has collected everyone's skulls. He's cleaned them all and he has all the skulls from Arnold's team, which is kind of morbid. Oh, uh, yeah. And what's even more morbid is I believe it's, um, I think it's Dylan. He rips out, not oh, like, his spine. Uh, he gets the body. Yeah. Yeah, he rips out his spine and skull. Yeah, it just tosses the the skull to the ground. It's like it's again. It's another one of those I, scenes. I'm like, I don't remember that. And fuck, I, I think it's I think it's Billy's spine and skull. Yeah, it's a Billy's spine and skull. Yeah. Okay. Um. So anyway, so Arnold sets all these traps, and then he lights like this big fire, and he lets out like this crazy like yelling. Ah! <laughs> it's like the, the roll, like ah! so him and the predator. Him and the Predator, they kind of, like, they have this big, like, kind of, like, cat and mouse, like, fight where he's, like, shooting arrows. The Predator's, like, shooting his gun all over the place. There's that cool scene where Arnold's, like, hanging under the bridge as the, like, Punisher's, like, walking over, like, a log bridge. Punisher? Punisher. Predator. Uh, (laughs) Predator's bleeding this weird, like, Mountain Dew-looking blood, which, by the way, did you see what they made that blood, how they created the uh, Predator's blood, what they used? It was just antifreeze? (laughs) No, it was the the liquid inside a glow stick and KY jelly mixed together. Yes. Nice. (laughs) So, um, so, like, he catches Arnold. They kind of have this cat and mouse thing. At a certain point, uh, he, like... The, the, the Predator takes off his mask and we can see him in all his glory and he takes off his gun. That's where you get the classic, you're one ugly motherfucker when he sees him. And they fight hand to hand and it's laughable because Arnold just gets like trashed by this. And it's cra- It's so fun to see Arnold, who's a gigantic dude, just get manhandled. Like he's just getting worked by the Predator. Which, which again is like, you wouldn't have been able to, to do that with JCVD as no, awesome I was as just, JCVD is. I was just thinking, think about that. Think about tiny ass JCVD trying to fight Schwarzenegger in that ridiculous suit. Oh yeah, it, it wouldn't have worked. It works so good. But if if Thomas Jane the Punisher was there, that might have been a different story. <laughs> he was too busy going after Howard Saint. Uh, anyways, so uh, so the the Predator uh, follows it follows Arnold into that trap he set with the spikes, but. It notices the spikes, and it's and Arnold's like shit. So it starts to go around to get him, but then he just cuts the rope, and the counterweight, the big like huge log that he had set up as a counterweight for the spike trap, just lands right on top of the predator, and somehow doesn't kill him immediately. I don't understand that because it's like it's pinned down by the log, and there's it's bloods all over the place, and. It, it turns out that it has a tactical nuclear bomb <laughs> on its arm, and it like hits some buttons, and it's like counting down. It, la- but it's like it, it it's mimicking. Is Billy's it really laugh, laugh? Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. it can now it can talk in in English all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then so yeah, so Dutch hauls ass out of there somehow, outruns a nuclear blast, <laughs> and uh, Anna, who had gotten to the helicopter, they're flying. They see the mushroom cloud. And then, like, they fly over there, and there's Dutch. She's walking out. He survived a nuclear blast. The chopper picks him up, and they fly out, and he's kind of covered in ash, and he looks real tired. But And, and then we get 80s sitcom credits at the end. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hilarious. They all pose, and then it freezes, and it shows their name. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. It was great. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. But, but yeah, that's how it happens. He beats 
he beats the Predator. The Predator kills himself trying to take out Arnold, and it doesn't work, and that's it. Yep. That is it. Can I, can I ask something quick? Because um, I th- this is the only one of these, not counting a couple of the, the Alien vs. Predators, this is my understanding of the, the Predator franchise. This one, really good. Yep. Predator 2, not good. Predators, the one that Robert Rodriguez directed with Adrian Brody, good. Yep. The one that Shane Black made, not good. That's my understanding. I didn't see the one that Shane Black did. Predators okay. with Robert Rodriguez is good. Uh, it's actually more of, a, I would say, more of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Predator 2 is not bad, but it's not... It, it's just not what you expect, because you expect... Because after seeing the first Predator movie, mm-hmm. you kind of ex- have a certain expectation. Predator 2 is not bad, but it's not as cool. good as the first one. <laughs> it's funny, because uh, former podcast, former episode... Former guest? I can't talk. Former guest of the podcast, Jeff, who I work with, he is a big proponent of Predator 2. He's always telling us it's not that bad and we should it's give not. it a shot. You should. It's actually, it's pretty good, but it's just, it's not what you would expect. Okay. I'll have to check it out at some point. So. But Isn't I it like curious. set in LA? Yeah, it's set in LA and it's an urban environment and it's more, and it's, um, you know, it's Danny Glover hunting this yeah. thing as basically, you know, He's a cop, right? He's basically Murtaugh. Yeah. Isn't, isn't, isn't Gary Busey in it as yeah, well? Yeah, Gary Busey yeah. is in it too, yeah. If only if only it was Riggs and Murtaugh, which, I mean, <laughs> Mel Gibson, I believe, is a role reversal. Wasn't he supposed to be in this? No. Oh, I'm mixing it up, I'm mixing it up with a different movie we're no, going to be talking no, about. No, no, uh, no like, I said, like I said, there are no role reversals for this because Schwarzenegger handpicked yeah. his entire crew. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, well, I think we kind of covered everything for the movie. Uh, do we want to do our uh, our rating? Yeah, let's rate it. Yeah. All right, I got the sound factor. Here we go. Ready? All right. So, who wants to go first? Why don't you go first on this hundredth episode, LPJ? I will. Um, I love this movie. I've watched it a lot. <laughs> I enjoy it quite a bit. I think all the acting in it is actually really good. Um, I don't really care that there's weird plot things, uh, <laughs> although there really aren't that many weird plot things. Um, it's a very straightforward. It's super 80s action. I just kind of love it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this one five machine guns. All right. Uh, Sphinx, you want to go? Yeah, I, I- I'm, I'm almost in complete agreement with LPJ. Look at that. 100th episode. <laughs> it only took 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- there are two things, though, that, that I don't like, but, again, it, it does absolutely nothing for me. Number one, it's really convenient that they end up back at the trap at the end because the way that the fight one-on-one is happening, it looks like he's getting the shit kicked out of him all over the jungle. And the fact that he happens to end up right back where he built that trap seems really convenient, but whatever. And then, yeah, the mushroom cloud was awesome. Like, wait, what? That that happened? But I don't give a fuck. This is five machine guns. It is a fucking fantastic movie. Yeah, I I, I can't disagree with you guys at all. You, you covered it pretty good. It, it, it's a great movie. It's a classic all-time great action movie and like i kind of said before i love the way that it kind of mixes like this straight up what you're expecting action movie and then becomes this like 
group of guys being hunted by this thing. And then you get the mono and mono showdown. It's like three distinct segments almost. And they all work. Uh, it, it's great. It's got some great catchphrases. Yeah, definitely five machine guns from me as well. Look at that. Fives across the board. <laughs> I think it's the first time ever. No, it's it not the first may, time ever. With the three of us, it may be. I think I so. Think, I think we all gave, I think we gave. Oh, maybe John Wick. No, you didn't give John Wick five machine I, guns. I think, I think we all gave uh, Avengers five machine guns. Oh, uh, that might have been. I was going to say, because T2, yeah, I gave maybe. four and a half. I think we gave Avengers all, all five machine guns. I think we may have. Yeah. So, but but it doesn't happen that often. So this, uh, yeah. All right. So with with going over this movie out of the way, which I mean, not trying to say out of the way. <laughs> Get out of here, Predator! But, you know, you're one ugly motherfucker. It, it's a great movie, but this is our 100th episode. So I do have uh, a special lightning round that I have set up for LPJ and Hovercraft Joe, Joe to do. Because since the quarantine, we haven't been able to do lightning rounds. Right. So I, I'm really happy to have done this one. It took a little bit more work than than it has in the past, but I think it's fun. We're going to try and make it lightning round-ish, nice and quick. Um, so I'm going to kind of be on you guys to come up with a quick answer. Okay. And you guys ready I'm to go? Ready. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. So including Predator... How many Schwarzenegger movies have we done? Uh, LBJ? Two, three, four, five. Okay. LBJ? Or Hovercraft? Six. It is six, ah. including Predator. So Last Action Hero, Terminator, T2, Commando, and Total Recall. What's this you oh, I forgot Total Recall. What's this him, you asking him first? I thought we just got to shout out the answer in the waiting round. Uh, I'll, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the way I kind of did these, it kind of works the other way. So I guess I'll I'm gonna keep it this way. Okay. Kind of, maybe it's not as much lightning round. You're the king well, of the lightning round. I'll let you go first. This okay. Time. Okay. Uh, how many Van Damme movies have we done? Need Four. An answer now. Four. Four. LPJ. Uh, we've done. Uh, Need an answer five. now. It is five. Universal Soldier, Sudden Death, Time Cop, Lionheart, and Hard Target. <laughs> We've done five. I feel like Snakes has only been there for one of them. Uh, I have been there for two, thank you. Sudden Death and Hard Oh, I forgot about Sudden Death. I'm sorry, I forgot. That's the one I forgot. Okay. All right. Back to LPJ. There could be a little bit of debate about this one. How many superhero movies have we done, LPJ? Oh, are we? Well, okay. Yeah, there is some debate on this. Uh, We've done, I'm going to say seven. Okay. Hovercraft Joe? Eight. Okay. I wrote down 10. Wow. <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you the 10, and if you agree that they're all superhero movies. Uh, Batman, Punisher, oh, Punisher, Spider-Man, Blade, Deadpool, Avengers, Thor Ragnarok, X-Men, Batman Mask of Phantasm, and Spawn. Yeah, yeah no, that's it. That seems about, that seems about right. Now, the uh, other yeah. three I kind of question marked was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Crow and Rocketeer. Those are all comic book, no, but I wouldn't say they're superhero. Right, they're comic okay. book, not superhero. Yep. All right. Yeah, well, I, 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 I completely forgot about Deadpool and a couple of those ones. So yeah, all right. Wow. So ten percent of all the films we've done. <laughs> yeah. That's your fault, right. Joe. <laughs> and to be fair, you only did two of those before I started. So which I've missed a lot of those. I haven't done four of them. 
Anyway, we should probably uh, go back and redo the crow. Nope. <laughs> um, this one, whoever can shout it out, I guess first is fine if you get it right or wrong. Uh, what is the oldest movie we've done? The oldest? Oh, Surgers. Uh, Surgers. It is yep, the Surgers. Surgers yeah. 1956. Also, first one that can shout it out, possibly correctly. What is the most successful movie that we've covered? Well, successful how? In terms of m- money earned. Let me just start there, and then there's a, a twist to it. Uh, Jurassic Aven- Park. Avengers. So you're both right, depending on how you say it. <laughs> so using like today's dollars, the Avengers is eighth all time at $623 million. But if you do adjusted gross, it does go to Jurassic Park, which would have been 18th. Um, and adjusted, it would have been eight hundred and sixty million. Wait, how did how did um, Homecoming do? Spider Man Homecoming. I didn't get that. I, I just went from the top of the list and tried oh. to find the first movies we did. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, yeah, Avengers is eighth all time, and yeah, Spider Man must have been a little bit more behind there. Okay. Um, this is one you guys can work together on. Dwayne, Dwayne, from nineteen. From 1982 to the present day, what years haven't we done yet? Oh, God. I don't know. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. There's five years we have not done a movie for yet. Wow, I'm actually really? not counting 2020. From, from 82 to 2019? 82 to 2019. There are five years we have yet to do <laughs> That is insane. Okay. I know, uh, right? I'm going to say 83. Yeah? 83? I'm going to say. Hovercraft, Joe, you can. I, I'm thinking. Uh, Ni- uh, 93. Mm, I think we've done 93. Oh, I will give you a hint. We've hit the entire 1990s. I was wow. going to say, yeah. Um, All right. Well, I, feel like they're, I feel like they're more like uh, not. Tw- we've done 2020, but like. 2018, probably. And 2019. 2018, 2017. We've done all those. God, 2019? Yep. Uh, that oh, yeah, the new one. Yeah. yeah. So God dang it. This is a... T- <laughs> this is 2018, we actually did three movies. We did Venom, Spy Who Dumped Me, and Skyscraper. I think you should just this give is, it to us. Yeah, I, we're not going to get this. Yeah. Is a, this is they're, they're all more recent. It's uh, 2005. Okay. 2009. 2011. And 2013. Wow. Wow. We've done a movie... That is insane to me. This is even more insane. The next question. (laughs) There is a four-way tie for the most popular year that we've covered so far in our show. Would you like to take some guesses on what those years would be? 95 is one for sure. 95 is one of them. That's 100%. I was going to say, Hovercraft Joe might have an advantage because he always looks up. I I mean, 95, yeah. I know that's uh, for sure. Um, Uh, I'll say 88. Mm, I would say what's what oh, 91 91 yep. yep yeah cuz it was like Jurassic Park and T2 and all that Oh 97 Nope ah that's not for sure no. 97 was 5 Ah uh, I was going to say I know we did a lot in 97 so shit <laughs> You said 91 and 95 the rest are in the 90s if that's a hint at all uh, 94 Nope 96 then Nope. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, then I guess it's oh, 98. You guys are, you guys are I guess it's 98 them. or 99. All right. Is that the it? other two are 1990? 
1993. Uh, uh, man, we suck. <laughs> yep. And do you know what the number is? Is it seven? What? The oh, most perfect. we've done in a year? Yep. Uh, I'd say... Yeah, I'd say seven as well. It is six. So ah. you guys are close, but off. And then my final question, which is just a, a complete guess, because I'm, I'm going to doubt you're, you're going to get it, but I'm going to make sure I recognize everybody. How many guests have we had on our show? So not, not being <laughs> on there more than once, but, you know, just... Who's been there? Yeah, which I will. I counted Joe because technically he was a guest to begin the show. I jeez, I don't know on this. Uh, I'll say, I'll say twenty. Okay, uh, I'm gonna That's say bad. That's bad. I already don't like that guest. I'm gonna say low. twenty-five. Okay, you are both under thirty. I'll be Thirty. I don't know, thirty-three. Thirty-two. Wow. We've had 32 different guests on the show. Which is a third of all of our episodes. That's wow. pretty good. Not, you know, some of them were combined, but yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. Wow. So just to give credit where credit's due, we've got Joe, leave in order, uh, Joe, Craig, WK, Chops, Aaron, uh, Josh, Derek, or D-Rock, Test, Jeff, who was Captain Showtime, Jody, Xander, Deadite, Glitch, Jay, Tony, Kaz, Devin, Corey, Jeff, who are also Cornball and JB, Bobby, Fox McCloud server, uh, Lauren, Jen, Sarah, Brad, Steven, Jeff R, Matrick, Tim, Grim, Katie, Sarah, Rebecca, and Miggy. There it is. So let's give a nice shout out to you know all those people for helping us because they we've had some classic episodes with some guests for yes, sure. Yes, we have. Thank you, guests. Yeah, I think I think I think that list is even short one because uh, David, you, Dave was not. Oh yeah, Dave. List. Oh, I did. I'm so sorry. So answer was So LPJ got the number right. There it is. I forgot. Dave, Dave was just a universal soldier. Yeah. So there you go. But wow, great. Huh? Thank you, all the, all the guests. What a what a what a. To think I started as a humble guest and here I am a co-host now. But but I will tell you what, Hovercraft Joe, that first episode we had you on is <laughs> still personally one of my favorite moments of this entire show. I'm I mean, doing Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> I was, you guys remember, I was in tears. I, I couldn't talk because I was laughing so hard at how that fucking movie ended with with the hovercraft running over the guy, showing his bare ass. Just hey, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't for that movie, I wouldn't have my sweet handle of Hovercraft Joe. So That's true. <laughs> there you go. And just some comments from our fans. You know, Shane, Shane Logan's is one that actually mentioned uh, how much he enjoyed that I couldn't control myself during that episode. Um, Blue Falcon has told us uh, his favorite moment is when we rated Top Gun as the best action movie of all time. Obviously poking fun at us that we consider it to be an action movie, which then he said, followed closely by Con Air. <laughs> Which the glitch then shared that his favorite moment is Conair, 
where hover or where LPJ and I for about 50 minutes straight just wondered why. Yeah, we should <laughs> I should post that clip. He he actually went through the episode and pulled almost every single time we said the word why and strung them together. It is two and a half minutes of just us saying why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bubba Burgess is saying his favorite moment is when Sphinx admitted that RoboCop was probably the best movie of our generation. <laughs> so it's it's been 100 episodes. That was episode number three, I believe. And I still get shit about my RoboCop rating. We even <laughs> talked about it earlier today. Yep. Uh, Jody likes it whenever Sphinx and Hovercraft Joe pronounce a name that LPJ always corrects them. <laughs> Which I mentioned, you know, how do we know that LPJ is right every time? But I've got you, I've got you suckers trained. <laughs> Grim gave us a nice congratulations uh, online as well. Chop said he really enjoyed sitting in on the first recordings of the show to see how it went and gave feedback to you guys. The show has grown a lot over the last 100 episodes and is getting better and better. Also, the addition of Hovercraft Joe has brought a great voice to contrast you to, which I will say, Hovercraft Joe, you are definitely our our uh, our putty in between the bricks, if you can say. <laughs> you, you definitely keep it together for the rest of us. Just thinking recently, what the hell is that episode we did that we totally fucked you over on? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Jay, what is it? I'm blanking on it. I don't it was, know. Uh, was it Delta? No, it wasn't Delta Force. It was another one we just went nuts on. Yeah. During quarantine. Uh, I don't know. It was one of the last ones we did before. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. it's Was it Passenger 57? Yes, it was Passenger 57. It was Passenger 57. That went off the rails real hard. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. you know, it's good to, you know, I like I like being the balance between you two. I think I think it works good, but it's been it's been a lot of fun becoming the coming to co-host. I, it was supposed to be a temporary thing. And then here I am still doing it. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, Jody uh, enjoyed the wife swap episodes about the Kingsman movies. Yep. He said that Hovercraft Joe was really pushing for his friends to swap wives. <laughs> hey, it worked out great. So everyone had a good time. Wait, wait did it? And. Because <laughs> I don't remember the actual wife swapping part, so I clearly was not involved in that. <laughs> it worked great. Don't worry. And right. last but not least, Craig WK sent me an email that said, "Please, please read only when recording the episode." So I'm kind of nervous. What the hell this is going to say? Wait, wait. It's probably going to be some kind of curse. Yeah. <laughs> he says, "Congratulations, gentlemen." You must be very proud of yourselves for reaching such a milestone. I appreciate that you all decided to heed my words and sign those contracts that moonless night so long ago, forged in blood with a pact stronger than that of God in heaven. I shall forever be included in your episodes based upon the James Bond franchise. <laughs> Least eternal torment await you in my service. In the spirit of action in James Bond, you'll all be delighted to know that I have secretly planted explosives under each and every one of your chairs that are set <laughs> to detonate the moment any one of you stand up from your seat. You <laughs> might ask if I expected you to continue recording this episode, to which I responded, no, Last Action Podcast, I expect you to die. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something awful. <laughs> yep. 
Ooh, we need to do a pod movie again soon. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's what you've got out of Yeah, that's what I got out of it. I'm like, we still got to do a Timothy Dalton Bond movie, so that's all I thought about it. <laughs> so there you have it. I guess our last thank you, though, goes out to our listeners. Absolutely. You know, 100 yeah. episodes, two years plus. Um, we, we, I, don't, I personally didn't imagine we would have made it this long. You guys give us amazing support. We, we love hearing from you. Um, we love that you even support us on Patreon. Some of you do uh, to help us out that way. And, and we really do encourage you all to continue to reach out to us. We're always looking to do more and more action movies. We're, we're always up to trying new things as well on our show. And uh, again, the, the show wouldn't happen if it wasn't for our listeners. So thank you one more time. Yes, so absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, when we started this, it was really just because, you know, I enjoyed action movies, Sphinx enjoyed action movies, and we were just going to sit, and we, we had the equipment from the other, other shows on the network. We thought, all right, well, let's just kick the tires on this and see how it goes, and, and um, it turned into something that I really thoroughly enjoy doing, and I, I'm, I'm happy that other people enjoy it too, so thank you very much. And we were coming from a place, too, that, you know, the GameZilla Media, which, you know, we need to thank everyone on GameZilla Media for us making it this far. You know, we were a branch out of what they were doing. You know, they were video game podcasts, and we decided to to explore movies instead. And the reception that we've gotten from GameZilla Media and all of their fans as well uh, has really been great to help us out, too, along the way. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. Well said. All right. Well, with that, gentlemen, this, this oh, oh wait, wait, wait. hold on, look at that. We still can't get it right. We still can't get it right. It's been a hundred episodes, and we still screw it up. I I jumped the gun. I've been talking a lot with all the other stuff. LPJ, I'll leave it to you to start us off. Am I doing it? Yes. Who's saying but? Let's figure it out between the two of you right now. Sphinx is supposed to say but, and then I I'll say do the, the but. And all I right. say the end. <laughs> You'll do the but. <laughs> I'll do the but. Uh, I love the butt. Let's just end there. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of the 100th episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. You ugly ass motherfucker.